My name is Lisa Marie Kellys. And for five long years, I have been buried beneath the sea. Trapped within a cold, merciless tomb. Staring up into a world to which I used to belong. To this day, no one has ever found me. But they remember me. They sing songs of me, whisper rumours and tell stories. They have even given me a new name, one that takes me from the girl I was and turns me into merely the stuff of legend. They call me Lost Lisa Marie. I grew up in a small coastal town and knew little of the world. I was 17 and I'd fallen in love. The sort of love only felt by those who are too young to know any better. Absolute and unrelenting. Every night I tossed and turned and my mind ran like an engine with thoughts of him. Stealing away my rest so that when the day came, I carried the weight of him wherever I went. He was only a few years older than I, but to my eye, he was a man, and so unlike the others I had known. Seventeen is a hard age, especially for a girl who the boys had never noticed until they were looking for... something. It happened with all of them. Even the boys I had grown up with as close friends all came to the day when their gazes changed, when the words they spoke became hungrier, until, ultimately, I found I did not want to hear them anymore. But he was different. He was not known to our town. He had only been there a matter of days, but he noticed me from the start. And his words were soft, considerate, and all for me. There was no ulterior motive I could detect. He was simply a young man, one that I could talk to, and one that would allow me to speak. Before long, we would take walks together. I would bring picnics, he would bring books, and together we would eat and he would read to me under a shade of trees. He filled my head with stories of the world, and in that perfect scene, I would allow my mind to be filled with wonderful images of faraway places, passionate romances, and things beyond the stars. What I could not allow, however, was for my parents to find out. They were small-minded people from a small town, and they did not fully trust those from the outside. As funny as it sounds to me now, I feared their disapproval and could not bear the thought that they may order our relationship to end. I thought there would be a day when they would need to find out, but I was not ready for it to be then. I wished to stay in the dream for a little while longer, so whenever we would meet, we would do so in secret. Whenever we walked, we tried to make sure it was away from where others may be. He was a stranger to the town, and as far as anyone knew, he was to me too. 
He always brought the most beautiful stories with him on our walks, but my favourites had always been those about the night sky. Tales of the constellations, legends about creatures called midnights that gave birth to stars. All of them captivated me and I craved more. The day came when he asked me if I would join him for one night, close to midnight, so he could show me a place with the most beautiful view of the stars I could ever imagine. I refused. I still lived in my parents' home and could not leave after dark. If they were to discover me gone, they would punish me and send him away, forbid us to see each other, and I would lose my love forever. He kissed the tips of my fingers clasped in between his, and with a soft smile, he promised that we would not be discovered, that I would be returned home as safely and swiftly as the night breeze. That smile could have made me believe anything. I smiled back and agreed. The night came. I remember standing in my room, waiting, ready, wearing the prettiest dress I owned. The sky was clear. With butterflies in my stomach, I stole out of my window and into the night, being careful to tread as silently as I could as I made my way down the lane. He was right where he promised he would be, at the end of the lane hidden among the hedges, and I ran straight into his waiting arms. We walked for a long time, and under the cover of darkness, he led me down a path I'd never been down before, to the southern coast. There were endless trees all around, but he knew where to go, knew every step without hesitation. We emerged through the brush onto a clearing atop a cliff, and as soon as we did, the view he promised was delivered. My eyes drank in all the unbelievable sights of the heavens stretched out before me. He guided me forward, close to the edge of the cliff, to best see the ocean reflecting the pale moonlight, brighter and more brilliant than I could ever have imagined. All the stars above us seemed unfathomable, incomprehensible in their immensity. It brought tears to my eyes. From our vantage point high above the sea, I scanned the endless horizon and imagined myself flying towards it like a seabird. I turned to him and found that smile, the one I would have done anything for, on his lips again. My heart swelled and I kissed him. It was a heady feeling, passionate and exciting. I felt my body unfurl under the power of that kiss, and I was lost to a flood of emotion. Our lips parted. I remember gazing into his green eyes and both of us smiling. Then his right hand shifted, and there was a deafening sound like an explosion cutting through the silence of that infinite night. Then I felt the burn as the bullet tore through me, felt the bone and sinew fly free from my body. The air escaped from my lungs and refused to return no matter how hard I tried. I stepped away from his embrace with trembling legs and stared at him, failing to comprehend what had happened even as smoke rose into his face from the barrel of the gun. He was still smiling. 
I stepped back further, trying to steady my unwilling feet. But the pain was overwhelming. My clothes, hands, legs were all drenched in blood. My fingers danced over the wound, as if I could put it all back in. My eyes began to swim. My head grew light. And without even seeing him approach, I felt his hands on my shoulders. And he pushed. And then I was falling, for miles and miles into oblivion. Every second was pregnant with the anticipation of an impact that refused to arrive. Until it did. My body felt as if every bone was sure to break as it struck the water. Then the cold, like a thousand more bullets striking me at once, enveloped me entirely, and I sank even deeper. As the last of my life left my body, that is all I remember. That is all I knew. That merciless, lonely, cold. But I never left. My body died, but I was still there, still trapped beneath the water, unable to move, unable to escape. I had no power over myself. If I could have cried or screamed, I would have. But at that moment, I was nothing, could do nothing. The sun rose the next morning, and I could see the light change above me. But no light could penetrate to the depths that I had fallen, and the warmth never came. I would have done anything to have felt just a touch of that sunlight. To be once again walking in the woods, sat under a tree, as I had done with him, as he probably was now. The man who stole these things from me was free to wander and roam and feel the sun beat down on his face. My despair gave way, and in its place a new, overpowering and unlimited feeling took its place. Rage. Days turned to weeks, weeks to months, where I was still powerless. Time, nature, and the creatures of the deep worked their will upon my body. But my spirit did not relent in its fury. After several months, I became aware that I was not alone. What I caught was the merest hint of something else down there with me. Like an echo that only appeared for a moment. I focused everything I could on that sound and searched for it. Each day I heard it again, and after some weeks the sounds became firmer, less fleeting. And it was joined by another. Day by day both sounds became clearer, and to my horror, I realized there were others like me. There was no voice to hear, no words they could have spoken, but I could hear them now, shifting in and out like waves, but I knew they were there, and now they knew me. Slowly, very slowly, I learned how to communicate to them. Simple words and thoughts projected out and waited for them to respond. They had both been there much longer than I, 
but neither of them had been aware of the other. Before long, they were both able to tell me their stories, of the man that had come to them from far away, had drawn them in with sweet words and kisses, had wanted to show them a night under the stars. The first had been down here for two years, the other a year later. Another year to the day after that, I joined them, like the sickest of traditions. My anger boiled over. A few weeks later, on the night exactly a year after I arrived, we were joined by another. We felt it as her body hit the water, could see her sinking deeper, even through the dark. The murky water crashed like the shattering of glass above me, and I knew, way up there, he was looking right back down, smiling that damn smile. If my spirit could have, it would have flown to the top of that cliff to choke him. He had stolen another girl from the life she had, and all that she could have been. Why he was doing this, the motivation for this perverse ritual, I neither knew nor cared. This would not, could not happen again. But sadly, it did. Year upon year, exactly to the day, another woman would join us, always in the same manner, until there were eight of us in that watery grave. Only one, Sarah, was different. She he had not been so sly with, and had tormented her for days before sending her over the edge. Five years since I had died, eight years he has been killing. But in that time, we have not been idle. It took unimaginable time, unbelievable strength, but my fury fueled me through the years, Fury and the will for revenge gave me strength through the cold and the despair to reclaim whatever power we had. That anger became force. That force became power. And I discovered what the human spirit can truly do. Alone, it can lament itself. But joined with others, unified by a common purpose, it becomes limitless. Once, we were powerless now less so. With our united strength, all that had once been hidden is now clear to us. Where there was silence, there is now clarity. I can see all, can even hear the songs they have written about me, sung from villages and ships away in the distance. Where our voices were silenced, they can speak again. No restraint, no obstruction. We took our time, we gathered our strength, for one purpose, and one purpose alone. Tonight, it is the anniversary of my death, of all of our deaths, and it will be a day when another will be intended to join our ranks. We can see them now, see the young woman holding his hand, see how they both are trying to keep sheltered under the trees from the ungodly rain. Her suggestion that they should turn around, as there would be no stars to see among all this cloud. His refusal. The time is right. After so long being nothing, 
the familiar feeling of movement in my dead fingers, rotted and engorged from years under the water, is alien to whatever senses I have now. The fingers were the first thing to move, but then the head, sliding as if it threatened to come loose completely. But it didn't. It held its place. I let my rage fill what I once was, and felt the life return. Through the waters I hear my sisters doing the same. I can feel their movements for the first time. I signal them, and for the first time in five years, I ascend. I didn't know how much it would hurt, but our cause is worth any agony. I surface and feel wind and rain on my face once more, but it doesn't feel like a relief as I thought it might. It's nauseating to feel these sensations on my wasted flesh. Ultimately, it is of no consequence. My sisters appear. One by one, their heads emerge from the water, like the most grotesque nightmare. The climb is before us. From here, it looks a hundred feet, but it could be a thousand, and it would not keep us from our goal. The rocks beneath my palm tear at my skin like wet tissue, but my hand never once loses grip, nor does my strength wane. I hear my sisters behind me, even through the rain, all of them keeping pace, scuttling like a terrible swarm. He is there now, with her. She does not want to be there. She's scared of the storm. Despite this, he pulls her closer to the edge. She tries to stop him but can't. Then she screams. He hasn't done a thing to her. Not yet. She screams because she has seen my arm. Grey and rotted, snake over the edge. And then we are all there, oozing over the threshold like ink, each of us a portrait of waste, ghoulish and mutilated, misshapen and monstrous, and the pure terror on his face is... It's beautiful. He tries to back away but stumbles. The girl is screaming louder than the sky can thunder. He pulls out his hidden pistol and fires its one shot at us uselessly. If it has hit any of us, then there's no way to tell. We advance slowly, savouring his fear, letting him stay in that state of powerlessness so he can know just how it feels. Do you remember me? I cry in a disfigured, choked voice that I have never heard before. It is so unrecognisable, it brings tears to my eyes to hear it. I don't know whether he's unwilling or unable to respond, but I don't care. I crawl over that paralysed body of his, and I grasp his face with my skeletal fingers, letting him feel them sink into his skin. My name is Lost Lisa Marie. We each have a piece of him. And now he is screaming, screaming as we carry him like the blackest horde of demons. He is screaming as we drag him through the wet grass. He screams as we pull him over the edge. He screams until his lungs give out through the fall. He is silenced in the water. 
if he could cry out as we drag him further and further down, down to the darkest steps where none of us have ever seen, then he would have. There he will stay, trapped beneath us. We shall return to where our bodies died, but he shall forever be below us, cold and alone, lost to sight and memory. We shall have each other for as long as we are here, and should there come a day, many years from now, where he finds a way to reach out as I did, he will only find us. And all he shall hear for the rest of time is the voices of our hatred, and he will never know any kind of peace. The girl saw us. She heard my name. She is running back home now, where she will doubtless tell all she can of what happened. While I was living, I knew little of the world, and the world took little notice of me in return. So let them know me now. Let them hear this girl's tale, and let it feed my legend. Let my song ring out, so that those who may even think of harming another woman stop in fear of my retribution. Let them speak my name in whispers. Let my name haunt their thoughts. My name is Lost Lisa Marie. <laughs>